Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway Life Church. We're so glad that you've joined us and trust that this podcast will be a blessing to you. Welcome, everyone. It's really great to have you. Uh, we've got people online, people on site. And to answer your question, Julia, uh, yes, Karen is here on the front row. Yeah. Hi, Karen. That's Julia. Hey, girl. She's like, hey, girl, mm, snap, there it is, boom, <laughs> comes Karen. Say hello, Karen. Hi, Karen. There she is. Yeah. So we've got, uh, this is the first time we've done it like this tonight. Uh, we've got people on site, people online. Pete Walters just asked if I wanted a long black. And uh, again, my response was, does a one-legged duck swim in circles? I've already shared that joke, but it's that good. I wanted to share it a second, share it a second time. <laughs> I like how Jacob laughed twice when I told the same joke twice. That's good. That's a, that's a good thing. Clearly, you've got a great sense of humor. Uh, so again, welcome. Really great to have you on the call today. Uh, here comes Pete Walters with my long black for a tall white. Yeah, sorry, Glenn, no long black for you. And uh, you'll have to basically get your own. We've got some others walking into the building. Great to see you guys. And uh, just let me say that uh, feel free to go and get a coffee at any time. And uh, hey, man, good to see you. Got people walking into the building. So this is fantastic. Okay, are you ready? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this gathering, both online and on site. I thank you, Lord God, that no matter where we are, even when it comes to those who are tuning in from Africa and Queensland, Tasmania, Swan Hill, and uh, around, around the place. I just thank you that we are one body. And Lord, we thank you for what you're doing here amongst us. I thank you for your Holy Spirit to bind our hearts together in the name of Jesus. We also ask that you would give us ears to hear and eyes to see what the Holy Spirit is saying and give us the strength to put into practice the things that he is revealing, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I really am ready for an encounter with God, and I pray that you are also. We are going to look at two subjects tonight, and uh, the first one is on the subject of repentance, and the second one is on the subject of baptism. In actual fact, we're going to look uh, in the second subject, baptism in water and baptism in the Holy Spirit. Next Wednesday night, we're going to focus wholly on water baptism. And uh, because we've got a water baptism service coming up on the last Sunday of November. So if you haven't been water baptized, we want to encourage you to enter the waters of baptism. Let's take a look now at the app, the one-to-one -one app as we look at the subject of repentance. I'm really glad that the order is repentance and baptism, because it would have been a little bit odd if it was baptism and then repentance, because baptism always follows repentance, okay? Baptism does not precede repentance. It follows repentance. Repentance of what? repentance of sin. Uh, put your hand up if you were baptized as a baby. Yep. <laughs> Most of the room. 
My hand is up as well. Yeah, I was baptized as a baby. The funny thing is I can't remember it. And uh, the other thing is this, that it wasn't my choice to be water baptized. The choice for me to be baptized was a choice made on behalf of my parents, okay? They chose for me to be baptized. It was not my choice to be baptized. And again, I don't remember it. I didn't make a conscious decision to be baptized. And this is what, um, you know, water baptism is all about. It's an individual choice that we make following a conviction, you know, that I need, you know, God's forgiveness. Um, I have a revelation of my own sin and a greater revelation that I need a savior uh, and a forgiver of my sin. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me begin to read from the one-to-one app. Repentance is turning away from sin and turning to God. That's it in a nutshell. Repentance is turning away from sin and turning to God. This is not a once-off event. This is an ongoing, uh, you know, this is, it's a lifestyle. It's not an event. Uh, let me just say, I don't know how many times I've repented since that day on June 18, 1989. Repentance has to be a lifestyle. It was actually King David who said that, uh, he said, that my sin is always before me. Why did he say such a thing? It's really because he had such a close relationship with God, his heavenly father and creator. And so he had such a close relationship with God. Um, and remember that, you know, God is not only love, but he is light. And so that when we come into the light of God's presence, his light, shines on our lives okay and it's not that god is shining a light just wanting to look for the sin and point out the sin that's not who god is okay but at the right time through the comfort and the gentleness and the divine work of the holy spirit the holy spirit will point out sin convict us of sin convict us of wrong mindsets wrong habits Habits that are destructive, habits that don't produce Christ's likeness within us. And we'll, you know, we'll just sense the, the, the gentle conviction of the Holy Spirit saying, yeah, well, hey, something needs to change, something's not right. That's not true, well. And uh, we just need to, you know, make a change. And so that's what repentance is. And so, again, every time we draw near to God, we are walking away from sin. Every time we draw near to sin, we have to understand that that is walking away from God. Okay? It's a conscious choice. And I think it's just something to be aware of. Repentance is when we make a U-turn. It is turning away from sin and turning to God. And all God is looking for is for us to continually make a U-turn. By the way, guys, if you want to, you can go and grab a coffee <laughs> at any time. Uh, Pete can help you with that and, uh, or a tea. So, so that's what repentance is. It is a U-turn. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 8, Jesus said, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. You know, we give a salvation altar call every Sunday here at Gateway in both services because you just never know what God will do with a prayer, okay? With inviting someone to uh, respond to the gospel, you know, where we say, hey, if you feel distant from God and you just know 
that today you need to come back to him, then we want to invite you to pray a prayer after us, right? But I understand that when somebody prays that prayer, and then we might say, hey, if you prayed that prayer today, why don't you lift up your hand as a sign that you prayed that prayer? So I think that's a great response, you know, when people are bold enough to put up their hand and say, hey, I prayed that prayer. I think that's great. Um, but that's just the beginning. You see, anyone can put up their hand. It's very easy to put up your hand, you know, like for anything. You know what I'm saying? But Jesus said, produce fruit now in keeping with repentance. Okay. So, you know, if I repent, then there ought to be evidence that I have repented. If I'm a follower, if I profess to be a follower of Jesus, if I say, hey, I'm a Christian, and isn't it true that uh, people saying that they're a Christian these days is kind of trendy? It's a little bit in vogue, right? Um, and so I'm not saying this, I'm not judging anyone who would say that they're a Christian, but there ought to be Christ-likeness following the profession and confession that I am a Christian. This is why Jesus said, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. The good news is this, Jesus and uh, the kingdom is not looking for perfection, okay? Because he knows it doesn't exist, okay? Perfection does not exist on this side of eternity. So what does that mean? That means you're going to, you know, your, your, your Christian faith is going to be a little bit at times all over the place, okay? Don't worry about that because God already knows. He knows that there's going to come a time when you drop, you know, a certain word that is not found in the old King James translation, right? He knows that sometimes, you know, pressures are going <laughs> that pressures, pre pressures are going to come, which cause us to, you know, do things that we just regret. God knows that. He knew. He knew that. Uh, uh, when he called the disciples, he knew exactly what was in each of them when he called them. So you need to know today that uh, because you've been called by God, that your calling is not a mistake. I know that sometimes we're going to fall. We're all going to do that. And the Bible says that love covers a multitude of sin. All we need to do is just get up again and just go Again, get up again, bounce back, exercise the power of the bounce back, the comeback, get up again and walk again, okay? And, and just keep on saying, hey, I might not be everything that I ought to be, but thank God I'm not what I used to be. And if you can say that, that's a great testimony. And uh, I just think it's really important for all of us to understand that, uh, you know, you know, the real quality of uh, just bouncing back and failing forward is really humility. Just keep on exercising humility. I think humility actually says, humility says, you know what? I've really just tried it my way. I've tried it in my strength. I, I really thought I could negotiate my way out of sin. I really thought that by my own efforts, I could overcome, you know, this, uh, this lust or this temptation or this secret sin, but I just can't. And so because I just know that I can't and I'm being honest with myself, I'm just going to come back to God, confess that I can't do this and that I'm done. And when you say that you're done, 
Let it be because you're done with your own efforts. You're done with your own ways. You're done with trying to, you know, manipulate or negotiate your own way out of it. And, uh, and just exercise humility and God will respond. He loves a humble heart. He loves a humble heart and so do I. I love humility. Humility is key. Humility is key because God says that he exalts the humble, the broken, and the fact that, you know, he is near to the brokenhearted. That's a great thing. So if you're mourning over your sin, if you're mourning over the state of your own heart, be comforted, be blessed, because that's the, that's the transition place for the, the transformation of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's great news. Okay, so there's different kinds of uh, repentance. Um, real repentance is called godly sorrow. It begins when we admit that we have sinned against a holy God. Godly sorrow recognizes that we have hurt God first and foremost, and that we are eager to change. So, you know, why? Here's a question for you. We're talking about repentance. Here's a good question. Why don't you want to sin? Why don't you want to sin? I believe personally, the reason why I don't want to sin, you know, apart from knowing that it produces death, apart from knowing that every time I pursue sin, I'm walking away from God. I, the, the number one reason why I don't want to sin is because I don't want to grieve my heavenly Father who loves me beyond measure. He loves me beyond measure. So godly sorrow. It was King David who said in Psalm 51 verse 4, Against you, God, and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. When we are truly sorry for our sins, we take full responsibility. We're accountable for what we have done. We do not blame other people for our own circumstances. And once again, we take full responsibility. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10, it says, Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. There's another kind of sorrow, and it's called worldly sorrow, or human sorrow, or human repentance. You see, on, that, on the other hand, on the other hand, human sorrow is just the opposite. It's very shallow. We make excuses for the sin we have committed. We blame others and do not take any responsibility at all. In actual fact, uh, when it comes to human sorrow, um, people who exercise human sorrow play the blame game and blame is the devil's game. In other words, remember when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden and God came and said, hey, what have you done? Uh, Eve said, it was the serpent who made me eat, right? So then God came to Adam and God said, what have you done? And Adam said, it's because of the woman that you gave me, right? So no one's taking responsibility. That's what human sorrow does. Human sorrow basically says, I'm really, really sorry that I got caught. If I didn't get caught, I would continue to practice, you know, my secret sins. 
And so we also know that Adam and Eve, they not only played the blame game, but they ran from God, right? They ran from him and they covered up their own nakedness. But here's the deal. You know, this was a, what I'm about to share now is a revelation that I got very early in my Christian walk. And that is that God sees all, he knows all, and he still loves me. That's the kind of God I want to surrender to. I may as well surrender. We may as well surrender to that kind of God. He loves us. He knows that we've sinned and he's still pursuing us. You see, in the Garden of Adam, in the Garden of Eden, God knew that they had sinned and God came to them. And uh, the first question that God ever asks the human race is, the first question he ever asks the human race is, where are you? Where are you? And when God asked Adam and Eve that question, where are you? He wasn't asking it from a place of where are you geographically. It's like, where are you now in your heart? So I just think, I really do feel that that whole story is a great testimony that even when Adam and Eve had sinned, God still came to them and he pursued them, even though he knew what they had done. What God was looking for was humility a response, to be accountable. That's all that God is looking for. And that's the difference between true repentance, godly sorrow, and human sorrow. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10, but worldly sorrow brings death. The big difference between godly sorrow and worldly sorrow is the fruit. While godly sorrow produces a changed life, Worldly or human sorrow never produces the fruit of a changed life. Can I be really transparent with you? Have you ever wondered why some Christians never change? Have you ever wondered why some Christians can be in church, you know, Sunday after Sunday, year after year, and for some reason there's no fruit, there's no progress in their life? I'm not being judgmental right now. I'm just being honest. And I think it's some, uh, the reason why I'm, I'm wanting to put this out there is because hopefully it'll help alleviate maybe some confusion that you have of some people. Repentance and forgiveness. When we repent, God forgives us of our sins and gives us a new, clean and sinless heart. Forgiveness can be likened to a stain remover. The question here is, have you ever had a stain on your shirt that couldn't be washed out? Imagine a stain remover that would not only remove the stain, but would make your shirt just like new again. That's what happens when we repent and receive God's forgiveness. He not only cleans the stain of guilt and shame from our hearts, but he gives us a new heart. Here's a couple of great passages. One, uh, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. I quote this often uh, here at Gateway. It says, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That's good news. That's awesome. In Acts chapter 3, verse 19, Acts chapter 3, verse 19, repent then and turn to God so that your sins will be wiped out and so that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. 
great news. And before we close our call uh, tonight, I'll give someone the opportunity to respond uh, to that exact passage and uh, to have their sins cleansed afresh. Well, let's move on to baptism. So baptism, we're going to look at, um, for the remainder of our time here, we're going to finish at 8, which is in 28 minutes. Um, we're going to look at uh, baptism in water and baptism in the Holy Spirit. Okay, from the notes, we must be baptized in water and in the Holy Spirit. As we grow in our relationship with God, there, uh, there are essentials that are necessary for us to continue and to grow in our faith. These are baptism in water and baptism in the Holy Spirit. The Bible gives us clear pictures to help us understand them. When it comes to baptism in water, uh, water baptism is an outward expression of what we believe. In the process, we show that we have put our faith in Jesus Christ and we declare it publicly for others to see. That's what, you know, in brief, water baptism is a public announcement, a public testimony of an inward grace that has taken place in our heart. We cannot deny that Christ has changed our heart. We cannot deny that he has taken out that old heart, uh, that stony heart, as it says in the Old Testament, and replaced it with a heart of flesh that can now respond to divine biblical stimulus from heaven. Death and burial. Paul compares water baptism to burial and resurrection. In Romans chapter 6, verse 4, the Apostle Paul said, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too uh, may receive new life. And so we know that when Jesus died, he was buried in the tomb. On the third day, he was resurrected from that tomb and was raised to new life. And that's symbolic of water baptism. When we go under the water, it's burying the old life. When we're lifted up from the water, it represents new life in Christ, resurrection. By dying to ourselves, our old habits, our old desires, our old lifestyles, we bury our sinful life symbolically in the act of water, uh, once again, that we might receive a new life, leaving our old sinful life behind. You know, I really do think, too, that water baptism is a great, um, you know, practical act because it becomes a reference point where we really did choose to bury the old life. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, it says, these are the words of, the, um, of John the Baptist. Uh, he said, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Let's talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is one of the three persons of God. The others are the Father, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. While Jesus was on earth, he assured his followers that they would not be alone, but that God himself would be with them. In John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17, 
Jesus said, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. There are many great results of having the Holy Spirit in our lives. Here are two outcomes that are very important for all believers. Number one, the Holy Spirit gives us the ability and the power to live a holy life. And uh, this is why Jesus said in Luke chapter uh, 4, verse 18, he said, the Spirit of the Lord. In other words, the Holy Spirit is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and to basically you know, walk in the supernatural ministry. On our own, we will never be able to live a holy life without the Holy Spirit. Before our relationship with God, we would sin all the time, whether consciously or unconsciously. But the Holy Spirit within us changes us from the inside out and gives us the power to live differently. In John chapter 6, verse 63, the Holy Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. Jesus said, the words that I have spoken to you, they are spirit and they are life. The Holy Spirit also reminds us of God's word and guides us to live in the right way. This is what Jesus said. He said, I will send the comforter and he will bring back to your remembrance the things that I have said and he will guide you into all truth. As we read God's word and obey God's spirit, we will become more sensitive to his voice and we will be able to follow him more effectively. Would you like to have a more intimate relationship with Jesus? I know that the answer is yes. We all want a more intimate relationship with Christ. We all want uh, you know, a closer walk with him. So if we want to have a closer walk with God, we need to have a closer, uh, more intimate relationship with God's word. Somebody might say, God, would you just speak to me? And then God hands us a Bible. <laughs> it's like, yeah, here's a book. You know, it's called the Bible and uh, it's got 66 books in it. And, uh, you know, if you'd like me to speak to you, start reading it and uh, ask me to speak to you and the Holy Spirit will guide you. And uh, then the next step is to basically listen to what God says and then just watch that life change. All right. John chapter 14, verse 26 says, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. That's good news. The Holy Spirit's going to teach us the things that we don't know. That's good news. He's like a personal coach guiding us through every step, guiding us in that relationship when it comes to marriage if we're married when it comes to parenting we've got if we've got children when it comes to you know just uh whatever we might be feeling as uh, as a youth um or you know a single person or whatever um the holy spirit will lead us and he will guide us and he will help us number two the holy spirit empowers us to be witnesses for jesus a witness is someone who tells the truth about something he or she has experienced. This is how the church grows. Just imagine 
And as much as, you know, what we have at Gateway, we're so thankful for, and uh, we love the fact that we're a multi-generational uh, church. Uh, we're a multi, uh, multicultural church. Again, we've got people here uh, in Africa and, uh, and around the place. And this Sunday, I'm going to be talking about a couple of opportunities that we have to be a blessing this Christmas in Africa and also in India and across our region. And, um, and so, and as much as what we have is good, as much as what we have is good, if no one goes and shares the gospel, this is it and the church will die. But this is why we've got to keep on sharing our faith. Go and tell someone about Jesus. If someone says, hey, what did you do on the weekend? Tell them you went to church. And uh, so this is witnessing. Left to ourselves, uh, we would never be able to share what we believe effectively. But the Holy Spirit gives us the boldness. He gives us the power to speak boldly about what God has done in our lives. Not only can we speak about what we've experienced, but the Holy Spirit also enables us to live out what we speak. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Paraphrased, uh, we shall be his witnesses in Obi-Wodonga, Riverina, New South Wales, Northeast Victoria, the nation, the states, and across the world. And so this is what the Holy Spirit causes us to do. And uh, finally tonight, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5, it says, Because our gospel came to you, not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with a deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. There's another great passage that I really, really love. And it says that, um, can't think of the actual reference, but it says um, that our, our gospel uh, our, our message did not come merely just with words, but a demonstration of the power of God. And that's what we also need. And uh, I really do believe that every single one of you, every single one of you on the call are called to be, uh, what I like to say, the gateway of God's kingdom on earth, transforming community and culture. This is one of the reasons why we're called Gateway Life Church. It's not just a, a good name, it's a God name. God is looking for a willing host. He's looking for a gateway. What is a gateway? A gateway is a transition place where one realm meets another realm. Think about perhaps the, uh, the front gate to your house. You know, the gate that you have at the side of your house is a transition place from the front yard to the backyard, from one realm to another realm. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, he said, pray like this, thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done. In order for God's will to be done, he needs a transition place. He needs a willing host. He needs a gateway where that realm, the heavenly realm, the divine realm will touch the earthly realm. The only way that the power of God and the Holy Ghost is going to touch the earthly realm, touch your family, touch your neighborhood, 
touch your workplace, wherever you are, is to be that gateway, that transition place where you are open, where your mind is open, where your heart is open, not to the things of the earth, but to the things of God, right? God wants to speak to Blair, I want to encourage you with this word. God wants to speak to you. I know that you're only new to the things of God and there's so much that you're learning at the moment, but the only qualification you need for God to move in and through you is just a humility and a hunger to learn and to grow. And that's all you need. That's all any of us need. But um, before, uh, before we pray and uh, get people to respond and uh, we pray for the Holy Ghost to, to move and things like that, does anyone have any questions? We do have time for uh, just uh, some questions. So the question is, how do we move? Uh, how do we move from having a human sorrow and uh, where we have more of a godly sorrow? Okay. So the key is, number one, taking responsibility. Okay. Really coming before God and just understanding that I have not sinned against anyone else except God. Okay. And taking personal responsibility where we don't play the blame game, right? So let's just say that someone pushes your buttons, right? And gets you upset. And then you react in a way that you're not happy about. What we must realize is that uh, we must take personal responsibility for our actions. We can't say, oh, I wouldn't be like this if you didn't push my buttons, right? I wouldn't behave this way. I wouldn't use bad language. I wouldn't, you know, throw things about or hit things, whatever. If you just didn't do those things, well, that's not actually the truth because what's around you, what's around us has highlighted what's always been in us, okay? And that's where we're going to take personal responsibility. And so the way that we can, uh, and another way we can have more godly sorrow is to be more in his word, okay? You see, God is always wanting to speak to us, but a lot of the time we're more open to social media. We're more open, can I say, dare I say, <laughs> the vaccine debate. Uh, we're more open to this opinion, how this person feels. We're more concerned about what people uh, say than we are about what God says. And it's not a good testimony. So if we want to, again, become uh, a closer disciple of Christ, we've got to you know, have a closer relationship with his word. John the Baptist was also baptizing people in water. And he baptized Jesus himself. But when challenged, who are you? Are you Elijah? Sorry, I heard the rooster in the background. Are you Elijah? He said no. Are you a prophet? He said no. Are you Christ? He said no. And he told people he's only baptizing with empty water. But there comes the one who will baptize in the Holy Spirit and fire. And so it seems all the people that John baptized were again baptized by Jesus. Now my question is, even before marriage, before a wedding can take place and a ring can be worn here, 
people love each other, <coughs> their spirits love and intermarry even before their bodies, before they engage into intimacy, their spirits marry. Is there any miracle in water? Or the real baptism first is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, your spirit is born, then water becomes only a public declaration that you belong to Jesus Christ. For example, if I died and I believe in Christ before I'm baptized into water, when I go to heaven, must I be immersed in water for me to go to heaven? That's the question. Okay. Thank you, Pastor Dixon from Buzi uh, County in Africa. Uh, the, the answer to the question is no. Okay. The answer to the question is no. And so if you gave your life to Jesus Christ and, um, and uh, were not water baptized and you passed from this earth, your question was, would I go to heaven? The answer would be yes. Okay. And uh, the thing is this, like, let's just say, okay, you've given your heart to Jesus Christ and you've got uh, an opportunity to be water baptized, but you don't want to be water baptized, even though you've got the opportunity to do so. I would really be puzzled by that. I really would be. I'd be puzzled by those who wouldn't want to get water baptized when we're called to follow in the steps of Jesus. Like uh, when Jesus came to John the Baptist, John the Baptist, uh, to be water baptized, John the Baptist said, no, 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 no. I can't water baptize you. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus said, permit it to be, uh, to fulfill all righteousness, you need to baptize me. Because he said, the baptism that I'm about to enter into means that others who are coming after me will also follow me into the waters of baptism. Here's another way of putting it. If it was good enough for Jesus it's good enough for me. When I heard that Jesus was water baptized and that he was calling me to be baptized, it was a, like a non-negotiable. It's like, what do, I, what do I just need to do to follow in the footsteps of Jesus? Be water baptized. Oh, okay. I was like, okay, so when's the, when's the water baptism service? When can we do that? And so I just think to myself that, you know, if somebody gets saved, they give their heart to Jesus and it's genuine. Uh, the repentance is genuine. And then through some unfortunate accident, they pass from this earth and they weren't water baptized. Uh, they'll go straight into uh, the presence of God. Think about the thief on the cross, right? The one who repented right at the end. He said to Jesus on the cross, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That was repentance. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth today, you'll be with me in paradise. Now that guy nailed to the cross, had no opportunity to get off that cross and be water baptized. And so, but again, if we have the opportunity to ever follow in the footsteps of Jesus, that's what we ought to do. It's like, my question is why, you know, why wouldn't you want to follow in the footsteps of Jesus and be Jesus to someone else? So, so I hope that answers the question. What I'm going to do right now is just pray and uh, my last question, that's a bit my last question. Is there a duration that should be in the church for me to be baptized or I can believe to accept Jesus and I'm baptized the same, same day? Yeah. So the answer to your question is yes. When should somebody be water baptized? It's a good question. When should somebody be water baptized? Baptism follows repentance. If the repentance is genuine and they understand what they are doing by entering the waters of baptism and they, are, they comprehend the reason why and uh, there's an opportunity to do so, be baptized.
be baptized at any time. Um, you know, you know what I like to do at every water baptism service? Uh, when I've gone through what water baptism is all about, I like to hold up three towels, right? And say, if there's anyone else here who just feels right now that based on the teaching that I've brought, that you want to be water baptized, come and grab this towel. Um, I have had people respond and I've had people not respond, but every single time I've given that call, I've had people come up to me and say, I wanted to do that. But for some reason, I, I don't know why I didn't. So, but anyway, so I hope that answers your question, Pastor Dixon. And uh, what we're going to do right now is pray, all right? We've got, uh, it's actually eight o'clock, and uh, we're just going to pray simple prayers. What I want us to understand is that prayer is very simple. Prayer is simple. Jesus said to uh, religious people, he said, you think that you're going to be heard because of your many words and your repetitious prayers. I just want to keep prayer very simple. And I pray right now that the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost will touch every heart and refresh you in Jesus' name. And so, Father, I thank you for everyone on this call. I thank you for their uh, commitment. I thank you for their hunger. I thank you for their love for you and for your word. I understand that people um, all over the world, are, uh, some of them, are, I understand, are, are tired, but they're here. And I know that because of that, they'll be blessed. And so in Jesus' name, uh, if you just know that for whatever reason, you just need to repent and come back to God with a whole heart, then allow me to lead you in this prayer. Would you pray after me? Dear Father in heaven, I humbly ask that you would forgive me of all my sins. I thank you for forgiveness and that Jesus is my Lord, my Savior, my healer and the lover of my soul. In Jesus' name, amen. And now I pray, dear God, for the baptism and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And so, God, wherever people are, I thank you that you will touch them and fill them with power from on high. Thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit and the gift of speaking in tongues in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you that... Uh, the whole earth is full of your glory and that every single one of us right now are in your presence because the glory represents the presence and the power of God. And so right where people sit right now, thank you for your anointing. Thank you for the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for peace. Jesus said that from people's innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Living water. What I'm going to do right now is pray in the Holy Ghost. And if, uh, if you feel led, if you feel moved, why don't you begin just to open up your mouth and begin to pray, okay? This is a language that the mind actually does not comprehend because the mind is like, if I can measure it, if I can count it, if I can comprehend it, then I'll get it, okay? But Jesus said it's with the heart that one believes, and then with the mouth confession is made. 
And so I'm just going to pray in the Holy Ghost for a moment. And uh, why don't you just uh, uh, be blessed and, uh, and pray with me in the Holy Ghost. Are you ready? So Holy Spirit, thank you for your anointing and for the gift of speaking in tongues. Why don't you, if you're comfortable with this, why don't you just close your eyes? Why don't you just close your eyes and let's just believe for breakthroughs, for healings, for the anointing, for deliverance. Right now, I just feel to break curses that are in and over people's lives. You know, I'm a first-generation Christian, and some of the curses from my history, some of the curses from my family, things that they had spoken over my life, things that had been put on me, um, influences uh, that had, you know, touched my life in a uh, negative way, uh, impacted me, uh, in a way that was not godly. And so in the name of Jesus, I declare, why don't you declare, why don't you make a, a decision that uh, curses from your upbringing, things that have been put on you, negative words, um, traumatic events, Lord, I just declare that the power of that influence, the power of those demonic spirits, those addictions, those strongholds, we just pull them down right now in Jesus' name and we annihilate them. We bind every demonic power and cast it out of the soul, out of the heart, out of the mind, out of the house in the name of Jesus. And I declare that where there is darkness and demonic oppression, I declare, let there be light. Heavenly, divine love, life, and light in Jesus Christ's name. Holy Spirit, I thank you right now that you'll fill up vacant places. You would comfort people even in their loneliness, in their pain. I pray they wouldn't fear the, the, uh, the darkness of night. They wouldn't fear, uh, Lord, going to bed. They wouldn't fear, Lord God, nightmares, bad dreams, uh, wrong patterns of thinking. I thank you for your anointing to bless them, to heal them. I thank you that the light heals. Uh, the light overcomes the darkness. Lord, I just give you all the praise right here, right now. And I really do believe that people are personally encountering uh, just comfort and the blessing of God because we've chosen to be the gateway of God's kingdom on earth, transforming community and culture. Now, Holy Spirit, thank you for the gift of tongues. We're called to walk by faith and not by sight. So, Lord, I thank you for your anointing in Jesus' name. We thank you that you've spoken to us. And, Lord, there's been a lot of content. But, gosh, that's a good thing. It's so good to sit under the word of God. It's like a, like a tune-up. It's like an adjustment. It's like a service on the heart, a service on the soul. And your word, it does us good. I thank you that every single person will leave this call tonight with a repositioning in their heart, in their spirit, and in their mind. Now, Father, I pray. Thank you that you'll give us ears to hear and eyes to see and a repentant and courageous heart that will willingly obey in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. God bless you. And uh, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we'll come back again this uh, next Wednesday night and talk more specifically about the uh, baptism in water.
And uh, once again, if you want to be water baptized wherever you are, please let me know and let's work out a plan how we can do that. I can teach you how to do that uh, wherever you are. And that could be a really great thing to do. What a great testimony to the, uh, the power of God. So God bless you so much. Enjoy the rest of your night. Sleep well. And we'll talk to you real soon. Thanks, guys. God bless. Good night. Thanks, Jace. Thank you, Africa. Thank you, India. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Pastor. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Gateway Life Church. For more information, please visit gatewaylifechurch.org.au. God bless and have a great day.